On this week's episode, we are traveling to Duro in the core world, where we will discuss how hyperdrive technology was reverse-engineered, Cad Bane, and how the Empire lives for the drama. On with the show. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to Lady Kira's Galactic Adventure, where we traverse the universe in our Corellian Corvette cruiser, the Vindicator. I am, of course, your host on this excursion, Admiral Kira Vandati of the Alliance to Restore the Republic. This time, we are continuing our exploration of the interior as we travel to the planet Duro. If you have no questions, comments, or concerns, then make sure to remember to totally not pause Season 3, Episode 7 of The Mandalorian when Din Djarin is on his knees, that I'd pick Daddy Wan Kenobi any day instead of Simpik and Skywalker, and I can see him in my mind's eye. Kenobi? Kenobi! This week on Lady Kira's Galactic Adventure. If you've been around the metaphorical block before, you know that we first start with the generally undescriptive planetary Disney canon, and then get into the legend stuff if it's relevant from there. So let's get right into this, okay? In canon, Duro is a temperate planet located at M11 in the galactic grid along the Corellian trade spine. Shout out to our discussion of Corellia from the last episode. Believe it or not, we don't have much canon information on Duro, and we have never even been here in the visual media gallery besides us knowing some important Duros in the greater Star Wars story, who we will talk about in a little bit, but uh, right before we go into the legends, okay? I guess before we get too much into the history, we should first go over what a Duro is, the species, that is. The Duros are a sentient humanoid species native to Duro. Get it? Their skin could be gray, green, turquoise, purple, brown, or blue. Blue, though, was a skin color heavily looked down upon by the natives of the planet, as was described in some of the Cad Bane episodes in Clone Wars. The episode I'm thinking of is when Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Mace Windu were collectively interrogating him, I think. I could be wrong. I'm unsure as to why the color blue was socially looked down upon by the Duros. There's probably some superstitious or religious beliefs or just downright racism, but I can't find any confirmation of that anywhere, not even in Cad Bane's general descriptions. Back to the Duro species as a whole, though, their eyes could be gold, red, or yellow. They had no noses, large eyes, and bled green blood. Weird fun fact! When the Duros experienced high amounts of strain, a kind of oil which had a highly irritating smell and bad taste gathered in sacks along their ribs. This was an evolutionary throwback and defense mechanism, remaining from when the Duros were liable to be eaten by a number of entities roaming their homeworld. Interesting. The Duros as a species were genetically linked to the Nemoidians, the two species splitting and evolving in their own right at about 15,000 BBY. Duros fun fact! The Duros were one of the first species, along with the Corellians, to develop hyperdrive technology, also being one of the first species to travel the galaxy. Another Duro fun fact! The Lost King of Duro in Legends, known as Vardovan IV, who was known most for his singular mummified hand, which was purchased by Dryden Voss and can be seen in the background of his yacht, The First Light, in Solo, A Star Wars Story. 
I don't know why I included that. I just thought it was kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> now, in that little description, besides the mummified hand of an ancient king, I did mention one Duro in particular who most Star Wars fans my age would know of. I am talking, of course, about Cad Bane, bounty hunter extraordinaire. Like, there's a lot of information on Cad Bane, so I'm gonna pull out some things I didn't know or I don't think people would know and present them to you. So prior to the Battle of Naboo, Cad Bane was commissioned by Darth Maul himself on Narshada. This is canon, by the way. It's in the Darth Maul Marvel comics. Bane, along with bounty hunters Aura Singh, which is how they know each other, Trulti Tech, and Vordilo, Vord, Vord, yeah, helped Maul to capture Jedi Padawan Eldra Kaitis, who is a Twi'lek um, from... Jev, 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 I don't even know how to say it. XX. We're just gonna call him XX. Okay, his auction. Look, you might be wondering why would Maul want this singular Padamon so badly that he would commission three bounty hunters to help him? Great question. Um, maybe he was looking for an, an apprentice earlier than we know of. Maybe she was part of something bigger than herself. I have no clue. Even in her profile page, I couldn't really figure anything out. Um, someone. Go read the Marvel Darth Maul comics and tell me. Um, but another thing I learned is that Sabine, Sabine Wren from Rebels, right, had drawn Cad Bane as part of her art collection on The Ghost. I don't know where it is, but now I have the urge to rewatch all of Rebels to see if it's actually there and where it might be. <laughs> to end our discussion of Cad Bane and the Duro species, I do have one thing to say. If it isn't the Quackja calling the Stifling Slimy, Cad Bane's iconic catchphrase now passed on to Boba Fett. And on that note, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Dudes and Dudettes. It's history time. Psych. There actually isn't much relevant canon history on Duro, except for the fact that it was one of the first planets to sign up for the Empire. So it's actually time for everyone to put on those Legends lenses under their seats so we can learn a bit more about this place. The legends of Duro are a bit more dark than the canon, not in a bloody gory way, but in a this is kind of sad way. I say that because in Legends, the planet Duro was heavily polluted and depopulated and destroyed by multiple wars. Before we get too much into the sad history of the planet Duro, let's first get into everyone's second most favorite segment. It's system time. It's system time. The Duro system is a three-planet star system orbiting around one sun. Duro. I know. How original. <laughs> we don't know much about Duro, so we're gonna move on to the planet in the first orbital position. Lors. L-O-R-S. Yes. Not Lars. Lors. <laughs> Lors is a searing rock with one moon slash Daryl, and no, I'm not elaborating on why I just called that moon a Daryl. I don't even remember what episode it started in, so I guess you'll have to listen to them all. What a shame. <laughs> in the second orbital position, we actually have Duro, which we will cover when we've covered everything not as cool as it. So next up, in the third and final orbital position, we have Kali. Kali is a frozen, frigid rock with one moon slash Daryl. That was quite a short system time, but uh, anyways, let's head back on over to the second orbital position so we can learn a bit more about this place.
Dura was once a terrestrial planet, but its atmosphere is now toxic, and I don't mean like Twitter. There are a few species that are or were once native to this planet, so let's get into those first, okay? Starting off strong with the Cannibal Arachnid, a massive arachnid that was driven to extinction due to atmospheric changes. Next we have the Chide. I have no description of them, except that they were a predator on the planet and that Chide was a common man's name on Duro, probably equating to some toxic masculinity bullshit. Probably. I don't like to assume. You know. Uh, similarly, <laughs> we have the Ervix, a predator from Duro with no physical description that went extinct, presumably due to the atmospheric changes, and was a common surname on Duro. I'm sensing a pattern. Like, this next one's gonna be a doozy. Uh, we have the Febs Beetle. Buckle up. This is, this is, this is, oh my god. They were, a, originally, a group of Febs that were contracted to work on Duro. What exactly would a Febs be working on, though? Like, shipbuilding? Bugs don't have opposable thumbs. But I suppose this is Star Wars. They were large beetle-like insects that functioned under a hive mind, which is always a good start to a sentence. We all remember Geonosius, right? <laughs> hive mind and bugs in the same sentence never really ends well for anyone. Due to the immense pollution on Duro, the hive mind became corrupted and began to mutate, the creatures losing their sentience and becoming overly aggressive, spitting acid at predators that would come their way. Since no other creatures could survive the ecological conditions, the Febs beetles became the only remaining fauna on the entire planet. Yucky! Let's change the subject! <laughs> Next up, we have yet another fairly unknown and extinct species, the Crawlet, which is yet another popular name for Duros men. For what reason, I have no idea, again. Lastly, we have the Raraza, yet another extinct species, this time an avian, which is also a popular name for Duro's men. And with that out of the way, let's quickly talk about the population stats before we get into the history. The species native to the planet is of course the Duro, but humans and Rodians have also immigrated here in the past. Before, you know, the incident. Da da da! Was that dramatic? I don't think so. Uh, before the incident, though, Duro had a total population of about 18.5 billion people, with Duros themselves occupying about 53% of the population, humans 36, and the remaining 11 going to, quote, other. I know. Now, without further ado, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. The, for real this time, I promise. Dudes and dudettes, it's history time. All ye be warned, there is a lot of history to cover. I'd get a drink or a snack or something or a project to work on. We're gonna be here a while. Juro was first noticed by outside civilizations in about 100,000 BBY, specifically the Kalamai, who we covered a few episodes back. The Kalamai said that the Duro were too primitive and yeeted themselves out of there. <laughs> Jokes on them, because the Duro would become one of the most notable and successful spacefaring peoples in the entire galaxy. And we covered Corellia last episode. If anyone has been listening since T the Tithon episode, episode 2 of this show, wow, or if you've listened to it at all, you would remember that, um, 
this civilization, you know, that wreaked havoc on the Jedi Order, the Rakatan Infinite Empire. The Infinite Empire was ruthless, and Dura was one of its enslaved planets. The reason the Infinite Empire fell is because a plague began to spread across its territories, and Duro, seeing this as an opportunity, rebelled openly against their enslavers in about 25,200 BBY and formed a hereditary monarchy on the planet. The monarchy did decline, although at one point in time this happened, I'm unsure. I don't think the monarchy lasted very long, though. After the fall of that monarchy, Duro would end up joining the Herglic Trade Empire, which in the times before the Republic was the strongest government in the Core Worlds. And as I mentioned before, the Duro, once linked with the outside world, were quick to explore the galaxy, earning an adventurous name for themselves. Interestingly, I mentioned a few episodes back that hyperdrive technology as we know it was reverse engineered, and the ships that were used in that process were ships previously belonging to the Rakuten Infinite Empire, which means I need to delve deeper into them at some point in time. I haven't researched them in a while. The Corellians, we know from last week, were one of the first to reverse engineer this technology, but the Duro were equally as fast. Their discoveries ushered in a Duro Golden Age, which is why Duro was a founding member of the Galactic Republic in 25,053 BBY alongside planets like Coruscant, obviously, Alderaan, Chandrilla, Kamas, and more. Again, I really need to update my spreadsheets. Um, I think the monarchy was disbanded after joining the Republic? I'm really- I'm still not sure. It's not very clear. And I know you must be wondering, what filled the power vacuum left by that monarchy on Duro? Corporations did, of course! Do you hear that? Capitalism has arrived at the party. But corporations weren't the only bodies of power, of course. You need a legislative body to bribe, so of course they had to make one too. Which is exactly why the Duro's High House was formed, with the head of state termed the Chief Representative Officer. You might also be born wondering, didn't Duro join that other government before they joined the Republic? Um, you know, the Herglic Trade Empire? What happened to that? One, you have great memory. Even I couldn't remember that, which is a total lie because I wrote it down on my hand approximately 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Two, I answer your question with a question of my own. What are all great empires destined to do? Fall. Empires rise and fall, and the time of the Herglic Trade Empire was gone, and the time of the Republic is now. Well, not like now now, but like then now, you know. They're, they're finna gone. In, in Duro's first wave of exploration, they had colonized Nemoidia, coming soon, episode coming soon. Uh, but, but by uh, 15,000 BBY, as you mentioned before, Nemoidia was free of their reign and considered an independent nation, planet, thing. Second breakfast, anyone? Did you get the reference? Oh my god. You know, it's it's when Pippin goes, you know, you need people of people of intelligence on this kind of mission, quest, thing. And then Mary goes, well, that rules you out, Pip. Um, okay. Lord of the Rings jokes aside. <laughs> um, some other planets that were colonized by Duro are Sneeve, Adner, and Koboth. All three are planets to which I have never heard of before. Maybe we'll come across them one day. Interestingly, as their empire grew, back on the Duro, uh, back on Duro, the people began abandoning the surface of the planet for space cities and space stations, leaving the farming, mining, and other such tasks to droids and other such automated machines. This caused immense overdevelopment of the planet, resulting in much of the heavy pollution we see on Duro today. Not to mention mass extinction events that plagued the natural ecosystem of the planet, which is why so many of the creatures we discuss today are extinct now. 
there was uh, one more incident that furthered the destruction of the planet forever. The Mandalorian Wars. In 3,962 BBY, the Mandalorians moving in towards the Core Worlds laid Duro to ruin. They destroyed the surface of the already scarred planet in a way that would almost foreshadow the fate of their own. That they, their own planet would succumb to 4,000 years in the future. They did so using these basilisk war droids. Which I just have to include because... Oh my god, they're like giant metal polar bears. I will include a, a picture of the droids in the, in the, in the uh, show notes because they're freaking freaky, okay? These semi-sentient machines were designed by the basilisks on Basilisk and were outfitted with the following. Laser and pulse wave cannons, shockwave generator rods, shattered missile launchers, space mines, high boost engines, and supremely heavy armor. Let's just say, the Mandalorians rode these things like Boba Fett rode the Mythosaur in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Like a Vantha. <laughs> Look, you knew it was coming, okay? Don't blame me. Love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. I'm chock full of references today. I'm so done. Um, if you think the Mandalorian Wars are bad, though, you can't even imagine what the old and new Sith Wars would have done to this place. Let's just say the Mandalorians and the Sith have one thing in common. They are relentless. You know who else is relentless, though? The Empire. Sick transition, right? Right? Well, before the Empire officially rose to power, the Clone Wars were a thing. During the war, the Separatists conquered Duro and Grievous, in general Grievous fashion, you know, ordered a planetary bombardment of the surface of Duro, a planet already rocked by negligence of its ecosystems, the Mandalorian Wars, the old Sith Wars, the new Sith Wars. Look, we've studied a planet in the past that Grievous ordered a similar treatment to, and do you know what happened to it? Well, let's just say that after an hour-long bombardment, the core of the planet was superheated and began to break apart. The core was overheated. The core of a planet was overheated. But don't forget that all of Duro's factories and industries were still on the surface of the planet. Even if the people were not so, when the lasers from the dreadnoughts hit those factories, they released radioactive liquids and gases that made the planet a wasteland. Let's just say a major economic planet like Duro being attacked in such a manner made even Corellia tighten its defenses, and Corellia was far gone at this point in time. It was a shock to the system of the Republic. They should have known then that this war would not end well for anyone. When the Empire came to fruition, they wanted to stir the pot, as they tend to do. So after taking what resources were left on Duro and forcing the rest of the inhabitants off the physical planet themselves, they declared that Duro was not part of the Duro Sector anymore, but the Corellia Sector. Which was a slap to the ego, if there ever was one. They basically said, huh, you're irrelevant, bye bye and left. For more drama, do you remember Nemoidia previously being a colony of Duro all those years ago? If there is one thing Nemoidia is known for, it's the Trade Federation, right? But you know, by the time of the Empire, what no longer exists since it's now a subsidy of the Empire? The Trade Federation, correct, and with nowhere to go, Nemoidia had to integra integrate itself back into Duro culture. Wow. The Empire loves drama. I mean, it's run by move bitch I'm gay Palpatine, so let's just say a straight man would never be named Sheev. Okay. 
Rebels had actually tried to free Duros throughout the war, but were incredibly unsuccessful. It is time to say bye bye to the Empire and hello to the New Republic, although we won't be staying here long. Uh, the New Republic, at what time I'm unsure of, would manage to liberate Duro, have them join the Republic, and place them back in their respective sector. One major thing the New Republic did, though, was send ecosystem purification teams to start cleansing the atmosphere. Duro was also, for a time, recaptured by the Empire via, via Operation Shadowhand, but was freed eventually. Again, timeline is not very concise here. I said we weren't staying here long because this is Legends, and you know what exists in Legends? The Yuzon Vong, of course. And you know who came a knocking on Duro's metaphorical door? The Yuzon Vong. Ding dong, it's the Yuzon Vong. By 26 ABY, the New Republic was all in on purifying Duro to make it habitable, but the big baddies came knocking, as was previously mentioned. We actually covered the Yuzon Vong in a previous episode titled The Yuzon Gone, which is available everywhere you can listen and or watch this show. It's one of my favorite episodes I think I've ever done. The Yuzon Vong did conquer Duro and destroyed 19 out of its 20 floating cities. Interestingly, during the Yuzon occupation, they were able to reverse centuries of pollution with their biotechnology that would have taken the Republic decades. Duro was retaken by the New Republic and the leader Galactic Alliance at some point in time. That war did come to an end. I don't know how, though. It wasn't very clear, okay? Um, and this is so strange to say that the Yuzon Vong, of all people, uh, had a positive impact on this planet. Because despite the billions of people they murdered in spite of the Jedi, they were able to return Duro to a lush jungle planet capable of life once again. And I just want to remind all of y'all that the Yuzon Vong had a bigger kill count than the Empire. Than the Sith. Just wow. Um, <laughs> but here is a quick recap of Duro in the lesser-known wars that happened afterwards, okay? During the Second Galactic Civil War, the planet was conquered by a solo, nonetheless, for access to its resources. By the end of the Sith Imperial Wars, it was a big showdown between the Galactic Alliance's core fleet and the New Empire, and Duro was once again captured by the latter. The Empire liked it there so much, they established an Imperial Academy there, which only happens on planets incredibly loyal to the state and its cause. Example, Mandalore, because they are brainwashed, and other places that I can't remember. And on that note, we're done here. And that is everything I have for you on Juro and Canon and Legends. I hope you enjoyed your journey this week and your stay so far aboard the Vindicator. If you have any questions or concerns about your stay, feel free to bring it up with one of our personnel on board via a private message or a DM. Perhaps on our TikTok accounts, at Sata Collective Rules or at Unidentified Robot. Maybe our new Twitter, however long that's going to last, at twitter.com slash lady underscore underscore Kira. Or perhaps with a review of our show. Or perhaps, if you want more of me, I don't know why you would, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Productions. And for only five bucks a month, you can have access to tons of additional content in our exclusive Discord community. One example of that additional content is my, my Taylor Swift series, where I delve into her lyrics in relation to a Star Wars character, do a whole deep dive analysis of the entire song. Fun. We've currently done Dear Reader and Would've, Could've, Should've. Both really sad, really fun. We had a lot of fun, okay? Um, all of those usernames and their respective platforms will be listed in the show notes. Next time, we will be journeying to Duro and whatever core worlds I can cover in about 30 minutes or less. Until next time, my friends, companions, and droids, may the Force be with you all. <laughs>